Happy Monday, coaches. You are tuned in to Keep Your Pads Down, the podcast for all things defensive line play, and this is episode number 56. Well, I hope this episode finds you and your family safe and doing well under the circumstances. You know, big news for us here in the state of Texas this past week is a school and all spring sports were suspended for the rest of the school year, which, you know, is a move I think we were all expecting, but it was still definitely a punch in the gut nonetheless, especially for those kids and coaches who were holding on to some glimmer of hope that they might still be able to get uh, some semblance of a season in this year. But uh, anyway, that's that's not going to happen. So my heart definitely goes out to those athletes and coaches. In light of all that and really all this, this heavy stuff that's going on, I've been wanting to do a more lighthearted episode and attempt to provide some comedic relief for coaches and listeners of this podcast. And so that's the goal with today's episode. No X's and O's talk today. Today we make an attempt, albeit a feeble one, to be funny and hopefully make you laugh a little bit. And I can't think of anyone better equipped to have on for an episode like this one than our guest today and coach Marco Regalado. Now, unless you've completely gone off the grid since this quarantine has started, then you are familiar with Coach Regalado and his TikTok videos that you know poke fun at coaches and the situations that we as coaches find ourselves in, like should we go for it on fourth and three? And if you have seen those, then I think you would agree that they are spot on. And Coach is doing a great job with those. And you know, and I think that one reason why they've been such a hit is because they provide us with some levity and, and comedy in a time when you know those can be really hard to come by if you're listening to news reports and just find yourself worrying about you know what the future holds for us and in this time of uncertainty. So Coach Regalado and I first discuss a little bit of his background, which I'll share with you here in a moment. And then we talk about the inspiration behind his videos, the coolest thing that's happened to him since he started making these videos, and they've gone viral, and and really what the future holds for Coach Regalado as far as these TikToks are concerned. Is he going to keep making them once the quarantine's over? How's that going to work? Well, he answers all that and more in our conversation. And we also tackle topics that I know all of you coaches will be familiar with and examine the humor found in those situations, including coaches you meet at a coaching clinic, which was the subject of one of Coach Regalado's videos last week. And so we dive a little bit deeper into that. Coaching sub-varsity football. I think every coach can relate to coaching, either junior high, freshman, JV football, and all of the challenges, frustrations, but you know, also humor that can be found in doing that. So we'll spend some time talking about that. And then we'll talk about an experience every coach has shared in, and that is riding the yellow dog. The school bus ride to and from games. What, whatever goes wrong with that, right? I mean, there's, there's nothing ever that goes wrong with getting on a, a bus with 50-something kids and trying to get them to a game with all the equipment and all the personalities and everybody in there together, and uh, nothing ever goes wrong there, right? Well, of course it does, and we're going to talk about it. We'll also talk about old coaches versus young coaches. Now, look, if you're an old coach, there's certain things you do. And if you're a young coach, there's certain things you do or, more importantly, don't do. Am I right, older coaches? I mean, would it kill you to switch over the laundry sometime, hotshot young coach? Jeez. Anyway, we cover the stereotypes for both young and old coaches, and I'm going to bet you'll be able to name a few coaches who might be guilty of the things that we talk about. Finally, we talk about the greatness that is a coach in the classroom, the land of worksheets, busy work, YouTube, and an endless supply of football references and sports cliches. A coach's classroom is a magical land, home to all of those things and more. 
Now, okay, let me, let me say this. It's important to remember that we are speaking in generalities today. Of course, when we talk about coaches in the classroom, not all of you guys use YouTube every day to teach your class so that you can break down film. Okay, we're not talking about every coach or when we crack on old coaches. We're not saying you're all crotchety and adverse to putting the ball in the air occasionally. But some of you are. So if the shoe fits, wear it. Own it. Laugh at yourself. Don't get your feathers ruffled today. That's not our intention. And hey, look, I mentioned this during our conversation. and I know Coach Regalado would agree, but, you know, both of us do plenty of things that other coaches could make fun of and have and still do. And, And I'm comfortable enough in my skin to own that. So keep that in mind as we go through these today, but it's going to be a lot of fun. And before we get to all that, let me tell you a little bit about our guest today, the man behind all of those viral TikTok videos and coach Marco Regalado. Now, coach Regalado is currently the special teams coordinator, recruiting coordinator and linebackers coach at PSJA Memorial High School in Alamo, Texas. He's from Zapata, Texas and attended Texas State University where he received his bachelor's degree before moving on to Texas A&M Kingsville where he received his master's. Coach Regalado actually began his coaching career at A&M Kingsville as a GA before moving on to Santa Gertrudis High School for two seasons. While there, he received the 365 High School Recruiting Assistant Coach of the Year Award. Coach Regalado clearly has a passion for the game of football and is not only a talented young football coach, but clearly a funny one as well. And I'm excited to have him on today. So let's jump right in. Episode number 56 with Coach Marco Regalado on KYPD. Well, Coach Regalado, what's up, man? Welcome to the podcast. Hey, how's it going, man? Well, Coach, yeah, I, I'm really excited about our conversation today. You know, there is no doubt that you are absolutely owning this quarantine with your coaching videos and, and giving us all something to look forward to each day with, with those. But before we jump into this other stuff, I just got to know, like, what's that been like, having all of your videos take off like they have? Well, it, it definitely was something that was unexpected. You know, I just kind of – I made the first couple videos – just kind of for my own little coaching circle, my people on Facebook, my family, just something for people to laugh about. That's what, originally the thing is just everything had been so gloomy with this quarantine. It was even affecting me. And I just said, you know, what? I'm going to make a funny video yeah. about sports. And that's kind of like what birthed that first video about playing Madden and it being game day. I was like, man, I really wish we were in football season right now. Yeah. And it was game day. So I just suited up like game day and, played Madden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I want to I definitely want to talk about all of those videos uh, and, and get more in depth in those because those have been, like I said, just a ton of fun. But first, let's uh, now our conversation today is going to be different from it. You know, if you're a regular guys who are listening, if you're a regular listener to, to this podcast, our episode today is going to be uh, drastically different than than what they usually are. And our conversation is going to be a little more fluid today. But I do want to start off and just talk a little bit about your background so that guys can kind of have a little more context when they are watching these videos and, and just know more about you, the person, you, the coach. So let's start there with with just your background, you know, where you grew up, where you went to school, and, and, and where you're coaching currently. So I'm originally from Zapata, Texas. Um, that's down not in the Rio Grande Valley, about 50 miles south of Laredo. So it is south Texas. 
um, played high school football there at Zapata High School. Uh, after I graduated, went to Texas State, got my bachelor's, went to Kingsville, got my master's. And while I was at Kingsville, I was able to do a little bit of a coaching like as a graduate assistant. Um, currently, right now, I'm at a PSJ Memorial High School in Alamo, Texas, so down here in the Rio Grande Valley. Was coaching something that you always wanted to do, or did that come along later on in, in, in your uh, in your school career? So coaching was something I felt, you know, that I wanted to do graduating high school, but it's just a weird dynamic. Like, uh, I come from a family where everybody's in the medical field. Um, my mom's a teacher, but, of course, like every parent and my dad as well, they want you to do more. So originally, my plan was to be a physical therapist. So that's why I went to Texas State. They had one of the best programs in the state. You know, by the time I got to my senior year, I did my 300-hour internship, and I absolutely hated it. I yeah. didn't want to do this for the rest of my life. Yeah. So kind of went back to the drawing board. I said, what can I do that's still, I guess, related to what my undergrad was and the whole exercise science and sports medicine that's still related to sports? So I decided on athletic training which is why I had so much of a background to make that one video. <laughs> yeah. So I did athletic training in Kingsville for about a year and I still wasn't that itch. So while I was at Kingsville, you know, while I was, you know, there working with the athletic department, I found time to go to the football team's meetings and just, I would, you know, I had a really good relationship with the defensive coordinator, David Brown, who's actually my head coach right now. And the linebackers coach, Kevin May, who's the defensive coordinator up at Seton Hill University. So they would let me sit in in their meetings. Um, and I got to know and get familiarized with their defense. I was always asking questions just because football is something I love and fascinated me. So by the time year two came around, you know, some coaches got let go, some GAs left. So they had some spots they needed to fill. And, uh, you know, I was the person they called. And that was kind of the decision I had to make, you know, do I want to continue with the athletic training or pursue, you know, what I really truly was passionate about. And I chose coaching and I've, I don't regret it at all. It's been such a blast. And like I said, this is exactly what I want to do from the start. It just yeah. took me a while to get here. So in, in previous conversations that we've had leading up to this conversation, you've mentioned that you, there are a few coaches there along the way that really uh, molded and shaped you as a person. Talk about those guys. So, you know, in junior high, I really didn't like football. <laughs> you know, yeah. when I got, I didn't want to play football in high school. That's, I just was going to, I was ready to quit. I was done with sports. I didn't want to do it. And I credit my mom. She made me stick it out one more year. She's like, you need that athletic credit to graduate. Just play one more year. So those coaches I had freshman year, Coach Jackson, Coach Jaime Garcia, Coach uh, Rene Alvarez, those guys just showed me the game of football. Like I could actually sit down and watch the Dallas Cowboys and knew exactly what was going on on the TV. And that's something I couldn't do before. So that was my love for football. When I got to play varsity football, my head coach, Mario Arsene, my position coach, Robert Alvarez, those are the guys who got me passionate about coaching, the way that they were role models to us, the way they taught us, you know, just – how to be better men. And that's when I knew what I wanted to do. And, you know, and then some of like the best professional role models I've had as well is like, you know, my first boss, my first athletic director I ever had, Arturo Lozano. And he just showed me how to do things the right way, how to treat people the right way. 
And, you know, he just gave me some of the best career advice that I still use today. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, that sounds like that, that obviously you were blessed to, to, you know, be around some guys who really, you know, uh, had, had a, obviously had a positive impact on you, which is, uh, I think, a big reason why you are, you know, now, uh, why you gravitated towards uh, becoming a coach. So here's what I want to know. Where did the, you know, where have you always been kind of like the funny guy or the creative guy? Like, where did that part come from? So I wouldn't say I've always been the funny guy. Um, I, I guess I do have a pretty good, like, you know, thing with the comedy, but I've always been a creative person. You know, um, I did play sports in high school. I did football and powerlifting, but in the spring, uh, my mom was an assistant director with the theater team, with the one act team. Yeah. So in the spring I did theater and I did UIL. Um, I would play music with the mariachi. So I was pretty well-rounded and, uh, I guess that's like, a lot of people comment on the, the the acting skills of it, and I credit that to me being in theater in high school. Yeah. Well, and, and don't you play? I, I, haven't I seen some videos of you playing the guitar too? I mean, you play the guitar, right? Do you play any other instruments? Yeah. No, I, I play I play quite a bit of instruments. I play the the guitar, the bass, the drums. I dabble on the keyboard a little bit. Play the ukulele. Wow. Um, I do play some Mexican instruments that are in the mariachi, like the vihuela and stuff like that. But yeah. guitar is just my main instrument. Been playing it for about 15 years. Wow. All right. So, on on your staff, like here, here's what I don't know. Like when when guys uh, on your staff are watching these videos, are they surprised or they like, yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much him. <laughs> like, well, I mean, are you the the funny guy on staff? So I guess my boss uh, put it best. Somebody asked him that on Twitter. It's like, okay, like what kind of guy is Coach Regalado? You know, he's making all these videos about types of coaches on staff. Well, who's he? Is he the clown? Yeah. And it's like, I guess when it's appropriate, you know, yeah, I yeah. am professional. Yeah. But there's always time for some comedic relief. Oh, for sure. And, uh, and you know, definitely the, the, the guys on, on my staff, well, they see the videos and not every single, like, quality is them, but they'll see a couple things that they do that I've picked on. And it, it's it's just a laugh. It's almost yeah. like an inside joke. Yeah, yeah. So I, I got to imagine, like, if I'm a coach on your staff, you know, next time we have a staff meeting or, or anytime I'm around you, I'm like, oh, man, I got to make sure I don't say something or do something <laughs> that that winds up being the subject of the next viral TikTok video that Coach Regalado is going to put out. I mean, I, I would be a little bit uh, on eggshells, you know, if, if next time we're in a meeting, uh, you know, considering the the, uh, the video that you made about the staff meeting. Actually, I think there were two of them, that, which were which were really, really good. You know, and a lot of those staff members at that meeting are not staff members that um, that I have on a staff. Yeah. But they've just like it's just coaches share stories, coaches talk, coaches talk about like the one coach there and the one coach here. Yeah. So I would hope they wouldn't be so reserved and stuff like that about it. But yeah, I could see them thinking that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Am I gonna be the subject? Yeah. Uh, but at least I don't include names. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, and that's what I wanted to ask you because I think you know you said you've been coaching around five years or so. But man, I mean, you're on all these videos. You're spot on. So, and I, that's what I was going to ask. You know, like, are all these coming from people you've actually worked with or seen, or you just hear stories of? Like, where where do you get the inspiration? You know, for these videos. I mean, I've seen coaches. I've I've gone and visited college practices. I've visited other high schools practices during the spring. Sometimes when yeah. I can. Um, you know, I've, as a funny thing is like I've coached for four or five years, but I've worked for seven or eight different head coaches and athletic directors. It's just a crazy story how it happened, but that's just how it happened. So I've got to be around a lot of different coaches and a lot of different staffs. Um, so 
I've always I'm I'm pretty vigilant and I pick things up, and a lot of it is just knowledge of the game. Yeah. You know, if you understand yeah. football, that's why everybody's able to relate to these videos. Right. You 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 know the game of football and you understand it. And that's just kind of the audience that I'm targeting. This is the coaches, and that's kind of who've been taken off with it on Twitter. Yeah, but you know, I think you're also reaching uh, another demographic as well because uh, actually, uh, I got a call, you know, uh, a week ago from my older brother who uh, was actually on on this podcast uh, a couple weeks ago, and he said, "Hey, man, have you seen that coach on 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 Twitter and, and TikTok that's making all those videos?" and and uh, you know, he said, "Man, those are hilarious." And so I think even for it, it, it appeals to guys who even guys who are, aren't coaches but have played football before and been around those types of coaches or you know just have Definitely. some sort of experience with that and it, it really they can relate to it as well yeah and I like to also think of it you know somebody who doesn't maybe understand football can see that and maybe get intrigued like okay well I want to know why that's funny yeah and it's actually I saw that was it I think it may have been one of my very early ones when I was still doing like players I think I did like a defensive back one yeah and uh, some girl had tweeted under it. She's like, I don't understand this. And then I guess tagged one of her friends. And then I posted another video like the next day. And then she commented. So I talked to my friend who played football. Now I get these videos and they're funny. Like, so she like went, tried to figure out what the context was, what yeah. made that funny. And yeah. then, so I guess, so it's also getting people to look into and research and I guess become more aware about what's like what yeah. certain positions do and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, for sure. Well, you know, I, I know that, um, you know, the guys at football scoop, uh, they, they made, they, they put your, you know, uh, a link to, to some of your videos on their website. I saw them there and I think I saw, you know, I've seen some other big time coaches comment on these. Uh, I think I saw Hugh freeze, uh, you know, talk, was commenting on one or whatever. So as, as all this has happened, what's been kind of the, like the coolest thing, like, wow, I, I would have never thought that, you know, that person would have seen these, or I've never thought, never, never would have thought that this would have gone that far. What's been kind of the coolest thing that's happened because of these videos so far? I guess just the amount of people it's reached. I didn't expect it to get like that. And yeah. just being on the football scoop is one. It's like, I check the football scoop every day and to be on it, it's just like, Whoa. Yeah. yeah. And you know, definitely Hugh freeze retweeting the article. Um, I've got some DMS from certain other division one coaches that is just, again, it's kind of like getting starstruck XFL coaches, but the one that was just an awesome experience. It was just happened yesterday. So I was in a Zoom session. I got in at the butt end of it. It was Faith Family and Football. And Bob Shipley was talking. And I got in at the end of it. I wanted to know when the next one was. So I put in the chat box, like, hey, coach. Um, I was talking to everybody in the group. I said, when's the next one? And I guess he reads it and sees it. He's like, is that Coach Regalado? <laughs> he says, man, we love your stuff. We Like, here at UT, we share it amongst our staff. Your videos are great. And I was just like. That was kind of like one of those like, whoa, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah, that is cool. And, I, and again, uh, you just never know, especially in our day and age, you know, with, with everything, you know, being, you know, with, with social media being the way it is, you know, what what's going to take off. And, and, and so I'm curious, you know, as you've been, you're putting out these videos, you know, really at a breakneck pace, I mean, every day. And I'm sure it's gotten to where the point where, you know, guys are expecting one and, and all that. Um, are, are you going to keep making videos once the quarantine's over and this, you know, kind of the, you, you resume our normal schedule or what, 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 what's going to happen when that happens? These videos are so short and really don't take that much time to make that I'd like to. And especially if we, they, up, you know, uplift the quarantine and we're able to get back to the field house and I'd have all those resources. And I've, I've already had some of my, my, like the coaches that I coach with 
that want to, you know, be participating in that. And it's, yeah. it's been kind of tough. I mean, I, I do this all by myself at my apartment. I just, I'm lucky that I have a, a tripod that holds an iPad, which I used when I perform for music. It's like, it has my lyrics and stuff like that, but I've been using it to hold my phone to yeah. record. Yeah. So I've been able to do all this by myself. And it's like, if I'm able to incorporate a couple other people, a couple other coaches, like the videos can be that much funnier, that much better. Like yeah. that one college staff that put out the video, I thought that was hilarious. Like that's what I was hoping to inspire is more coaches to to put out some TikTok videos or just to have, have fun and put smiles on people's faces. That yeah. was an amazing video and yeah. I applaud them. That was super creative. I just wish I had access to like, I know an indoor facility or my field house or yeah. at least my coaches, but right yeah. now we're all social distancing and that's yeah. fine. Yeah. 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 I, I'm curious. Do you have, um, you know, I have a favorite video of yours and, I, and I'll say it here in a second, but do you have a favorite video that, that you've done so far? One that you really, you really, really like? Um, I really like the first one I put out, which I might have to retweet it just cause it was the first one I put out, you know, it really hadn't reached that many people yet, but yeah. it's just the, the game day one with the Madden. It was the first yeah. one I did. And a lot of people who saw it say that that's their favorite one. Yeah. But you know, I look back, it has like 15,000 views and some of my newer ones right now have close to two, 200 or 300,000. So it's, yeah. I need to probably need to retweet it to get it back out there so people can see that just, just cause personally it's my favorite one. Yeah. Yeah. And I also really enjoyed the, the fourth and three series was just for, to me, it just, the way it started was just a little 15 second video. No, it was eight seconds. And everybody from that eight second video turned it into this narrative. Like, what are they going to go for it? What's going to happen next? Yeah. Find yeah. out on the next episode. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So it ended up turning into four parts, but part two, I really liked. But yeah, that was the first one that I saw. And again, yeah, you need to re retweet that, that first one. Cause I haven't seen that one, but that was the first, that was where I, I think was first introduced to your videos and stuff was the uh, the fourth and three series and man I mean again we have all been there and being on the defensive side of the ball you know I, I've I can relate to the defensive coordinator uh, in that <laughs> in that in that saga and man I mean we've all witnessed that as coaches and I thought again it was it was spot on I got to say my favorite one so far uh, was was the uh, the the one that was kind of the spinoff of of Full House? You know, it was it was the Field oh, yeah. House. Uh, I loved that one. Loved that one, and and just how all the coaches stop and wave, and you know that incorporated some some guys that you, some previous I guess characters that you had already done with the defensive coordinator, and, and of course I love the uh, the coach who just won't retire. You know, all that kind of stuff. I, I really really liked that one for sure. Oh, that that was a good one, and like just with the fourth and three series, it's like. So it was a four-part series, but in a real game, that's a split decision that you yeah. make. Yeah. But that's like, I guess the parody of it is like, it's a split decision, but it feels like forever. Yes. Like when yeah. you're trying to make that time and the clock is ticking down and stuff. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's funny. So have you, you said you've had coaches contact you and send, you know, uh, send you messages and stuff. Have you had guys like, Hey, you need to do this or, or maybe give you some, some ideas for your, your other, for future videos? Yeah, I really have, and I, I would say if anybody's listening out there, keep them coming. You know, this is for you guys, you know, for you coaches, for everybody out there to laugh, and if there's something you want to see, shoot me a suggestion. The one I dropped today, the receivers, that people have been asking for that for like a week already. Yeah. But I was just, I'm just, I have to make sure I have enough information and then like material to put it out so that it's good. Like, yeah. um, 
Like, I don't want to just put something out that's not going to make people, you know, smile, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it's just, yeah. The quality of it has to be... So I've been trying to... I've been working on the receiver one for about a week. Not, like, filming it, just, like, writing material down and thinking back to past experiences. Like, what do receivers say? And yeah. reaching out to other coaches who coach receivers. Yeah. Or actually, the funny part is reaching out to, like, a defensive coordinator or a DB's coach and asking them, yeah. what do you hear the, the other yeah. side of the ball say? Yeah, yeah. And then they come up with some ridiculous things. Yeah, and see, I didn't even think about that. Uh, you know, calling coaches and kind of getting their input because, of course, you know, cornerbacks coach is going to have a lot to say about what, you know, about a receivers coach. Just like, you know, I am I was probably, you know, laughing way harder at the offensive line one as a defensive <laughs> line coach than maybe some other offensive line guys were. But this is a defensive line podcast, so I have to ask this. You haven't done a, as of this recording, you haven't done a video for the defensive line coaches. Is that something that's in the works or maybe, uh, what, what, what do you think about that? Again, it's in the works because that's something near and dear to me because I coached it for two years. And it's the same thing with the linebackers because I've, I've coached it for the past yeah. two years. Yeah. I'm just, I, I got to gotta make sure it's good. I can't yeah. disappoint yeah. My, the, the block. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, I got you. I got you. So, well, that's, that's, yeah, I'm, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want you to have to tip your hand or anything. That's, that's good enough for me that you got one, you got one coming down the pipe. So we'll, we'll definitely look forward to that. Okay. So here's what we're doing today in our conversation. We're going to, I'm just going to kind of, we're going to, I have a few topics here and, and uh, we're just going to work our way through these and talk about these a little bit. And these are all sort of like stereotypical situations that uh, basically like, like your videos in conversation form kind of, uh, and, and you and me kind of bouncing back and forth things that we've seen and things that we've experienced and just talking about a little bit. So, you know, I want to talk first, uh, we're in the off season and, and before all this stuff, all this quarantine stuff happened, you know, January, February, even March, you know, that is peak uh, clinic season for coaches. And, you know, clinics are fascinating things, right? I mean, you get coaches from all over the state. Some, you know, depending on where you go, if you go to AFCA convention, coaches from all over the country. And, man, there are, like, like besides maybe a, a Walmart, there's no better place to people watch than a coach's <laughs> clinic. And so you and I, and again, in the previous conversations we've had about this episode, we've kind of talked about, you know, all the different types of coaches that you run into or that you see when you're at a clinic. So I'll let you start off. What are some, who are some coaches or types of coaches that you always seem to run into when you're at a coaching clinic? Oh, definitely. You got the guy who's not going to miss a single session, the note taker. He's there front row backpack, you know, like, He's ready to go, you know. He's good. He's like, like he's kind of coming from the meeting when I already had the note taker. Yeah. Then, then you got the guy who doesn't go to any of the presenters, who's just there to basically politic around and socialize and chat everybody up and see how everybody's doing. Just basically, yeah. like, why'd you even pay for the clinic fee? <laughs> just hang out in the lobby. Yeah. 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 Then for sure. Yeah, I mean, you, you got the guy who goes for the merchandise of the booths. Basically goes to every booth and just gets the. It's like uh, from the office, the thing that Michael Scott says, the swag, yeah, the stuff we yeah, all stuff get. we all get, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then of course, like you got the guy who treats it like a vacation, who just disregards that it's a football clinic. He's just there to have a good time for yeah. a couple of days. He's doing laps in the pool, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, like again, kind of touching up on the guy who's just kind of there to politic. Like you got the network guy, you know, the guy looking for his next job or 
looking to just expand his coaching network. Those, yeah. those are the type of people that I've seen at least yeah. when I go to. I've only been to a couple coaching clinics. Yeah. Well, no, I think you're spot on on those. And I want to go back to the guy who takes all the notes, you know, and, and we've all set by that guy. And it really makes you kind of feel sort of like a slacker. I mean, you know, you got your you got your yellow pad and your pen and stuff, and you're you're writing stuff down. But this guy is burning up the page. And and I think it, it's funny that the speaker always says, "Hey, I will send you this presentation when we're done here. Just send me your email." But they're writing it down like it is the cure for cancer or something. You know, I also think it's funny. I mean, it doesn't matter if it's hey heads or tails, how to dominate the coin toss pregame or something. I mean, it can be something just sort of completely obscure. And those guys are burning up a page. And those guys are also the ones that typically um, will, will take pictures of every slide. You know, a lot of times it's with their iPad, and the slide will be like the introductory slide with the coach's name and presentation title on it, you know, and they're taking pictures of it. And that always, I'm like, what are you taking a picture of? But, yeah, and, and you talked about, you know, the guys who politic and network, and I, I like to call those guys like the, uh, like the all-lobby team, you know, like <laughs> if it's funny. in a hotel, you know, they're always, like you can walk through, they're always there. You know, same table, like corner booth or table. And they're, and, you know, hey, they could be talking some serious football, but they never leave. And, you know, like they never go, kind of like what you talk about, they never go to a presentation. And it really is, it's baffling. Okay, a couple that I, that I came up with uh, that you didn't mention. And look, and, and, and by the way, we should say this, you know, before we get too much more into this, people can make fun of me. You know, like I'm definitely going to be guilty of some of these things we bring up today. And, you know, so I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not above coaches poking fun at me. So all that to say, I, I, it's, it's, if you want to make fun of me, coaches, next time, if you bump into me at, cl- at a clinic and I'm guilty of one of these things, by all means, bring it up. But I think sometimes when you go to these clinics, you have two different types of coaches as far as their dress. So you have the way overdressed coach. You know, have you seen that? Like <laughs> wearing a suit and stuff. <laughs> yeah, like the guys who are like G'd up, man. Like they take that, you know, dress for the job that you want, not the job that you have. Like they take that seriously and they got, you know, they are G'd up for that coach's clinic. But then on the other, the opposite of the spectrum, you have those guys who are way underdressed. And I want to know, like, down in the valley, like what's a what's an underdressed coach look like at a coach's clinic? I don't know, man. Because like I said, the, everybody seems to be pretty at least at least athletic shorts and an athletic shirt. Yeah. But I'd have to imagine the worst thing you could see is just somebody strolling around at a tank top. That's just, yeah. Yeah. Like, when I was doing an internship at Texas state, my strength coach, it was coach Olave and coach sites. The, be- the, the main thing they told me is like, as a professional, you will always wear sleeves. So yeah, it's that's like a, that's a pretty... the worst thing you could do. The most underdressed. I'm, I, like I said, all I'm just imagining is like board shorts and like a, tank top or something yeah, like that yeah well see okay and i'm in and i'm in northeast texas you know so we're like in the four states area of louisiana uh, oklahoma arkansas and, and of course texas and you know for me it's um it's it's guys who look like they crawled out of the deer blind that morning and like <laughs> all right you know hey i got this coaching clinic today but i'm gonna go out and see if i can you know if, if we can get a, you know maybe drop a buck before we go talk about some mint front or or whatever so the guys who are like in like sweatpants camo jacket and they got their the one ball cap on with their school logo on it and i just don't understand that if i'm going now again i will say this if i'm going to fall either on either one of these overdressed underdressed i'm definitely going to fall on the overdressed but you know uh, i think both of those guys are, are, are 
humorous. Other ones, you know, like you talked about the guy who gets all the swag. I think the guy, there's always the guy in the presentation who asks a question just to ask a question. Oh, just to be heard. He's yeah. To be that yeah. Guy. Yeah. He was that guy that <laughs> yeah. was in your like college, you know, biology class and the professor's getting ready to wrap things up early and everybody's kind of getting pumped. And this is the guy who raises his hand and asks a meaningless question and, and the class extends for 30 minutes. Right. Uh, oh yeah. yeah. So those are the guys that we see that we've seen at clinics and again, I'm going to put this on our, our, our show, show's Twitter page, and we'll, we'll have some fun with this. So if, if, if we're missing somebody, coaches, l- hit us up and let us know, you know, another coach that, that you run into at a coaching clinic. You know, another thing about coaching football, uh, Coach Regalado, is part of it is we all like coaching on Friday nights, right? But a big part of it is a is big part of our job is coaching those sub-varsity football kids and that could be junior high that could be freshman that could be JV so let's talk about that because that is you know we could make a whole episode on just that right there <laughs> talking about sub varsity junior high football games so let's talk about that and I'll give you the floor first just some things some observations that you've noticed in your time as a football coach coaching sub varsity football oh man this one's just definitely me as a my first year coaching, I was a junior high defensive coordinator. And I, I, it just makes me think of like, I don't know if you remember those. It was on the radio. It's like those old Bud Light commercials. The real man of genius. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's like you got your defensive junior high coordinator. He's yeah. going to blitz the house. <laughs> don't worry about coverage. They're not going to throw the ball anyway. <laughs> yeah. Just bring the heat. That's so right. I was like, that was me. I was just first year coach. I'm like, my solution was engage eight. I'm just going to bring everybody. Yes, yes. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, another thing, and you mentioned the office earlier, and I'll mention another, I'll kind of reference, make another office reference. Is like, I remember my first coaching job, I was actually volunteering, but I was the, I was the freshman defensive coordinator. And then on the offensive side, I was the offensive, uh, the, the offensive line coach. Okay. And it it was like that's like you know assistant to the regional manager basically, um, but it was like the the smallest amount of power you know I'd never seen probably people watching me were like I've never seen this, that that small amount of power go to a coach's head because you know I might as well have been Nick Saban out there, uh, you know and I'm I'm calling all this stuff well we uh, at the high school I was at I started coaching in Mississippi, we're playing a freshman game, and there's a kid lined up on the other team at wide receiver named DK Metcalf, who is, oh, of my. course, obviously tearing up the league for the Seahawks right now. And he was, a, he was a tall, lanky, skinny kid, and he absolutely torched us. And I was in man the whole time. And, and just, just like you talked about, just bringing the house. And, <laughs> and he was, I mean, he was just like we had a little kid out there just biting his ankles trying to cover him, and he was mossing us and just making us look stupid. And if, if I could have crawled under the turf, I would, but – yeah, that was uh, – I can definitely – I saw when you talk about the, the the defensive coordinator, the junior high defensive coordinator, I can definitely relate. You know, one thing that's about those sub-varsity games that's unique is that there are like 10 people in the stands, and so the, the fans can hear and the parents can hear everything you say as a coach. Oh, definitely, and you can hear them. I've, yeah. <laughs> I've been yeah. in some, some situations where you're there calling a junior high game or a JV game, 
and that something bad happens and they're like, come on, coach. Or, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Cause there's no headset. Yelling at the kids, like take him out. It's like, that's your kid. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I know. And that's another thing too, is you have to be careful about the things you're saying uh, because then the the coaches on the other sideline can hear you also, right? And so if you make a, a smart like comment or whatever, you know you got to be careful because those guys can hear you. And, and so that's another challenge of of sub varsity football. Uh, the other thing now, and again, this is something I see and I always chuckle at is, and these are typically the younger coaches. And like I said, I've already kind of talked about you know my experience, and I was definitely you know you could have accused me as being one of these guys, but the guys who take you know, for us down here in Texas, it's Thursday night. You know, we play sub-varsity games on Thursday night. You know, Thursday night football, they take it way too seriously. You know, they got the the play card, the, the call sheet that looks like a Denny's menu. The defensive coordinator looks just like the guy in your defensive coordinator video. Have you? Is that something you've seen, you know, the guys who just take it way too seriously? Oh, yeah, man. The lights turn on, they get bright, and it just turns into this different personality. (laughs) The kids even realize, like, Coach, what are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, you got one kid who's looking out of his ear hole, you know, who's really not hyped up about playing out there anyway, and a coach who's just way over the top. And then, like, another thing is, like, with these these junior high and JV games, it's just, like, plugging kids in. Because I've I've been in one game where we played with 11 players. Yeah. We won. But we had our running back at left tackle, <laughs> and then like again, other games we have like maybe fifteen players. But you got you got to plug players in, like special teams especially. So yeah. you put in offensive guards there on the kickoff have no business there. But it's like yeah. in junior high and JV, it's fair game. You're gonna play anywhere and yes. everywhere. Yes, and you do some you do some. I mean, we've already alluded to this talking about you know running engage eight and blitz in the house. Like you do some unsound stuff in junior high or, or, or JV or freshman football because you can get away with it, right? Like the, the, the 12-year-old kid back there playing quarterback, he, you know, he has one read and he's not going to be able to get the ball off. So, man, bring the safeties. Why not? Bring the corners, you know? Yeah, uh, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> and uh, so it's, it, it is fun in that regard is you can, get, you can get pretty crazy with some stuff. I'll tell this story here. I'll insert this story. Now, this story didn't happen – to me, but it was a it was a story that was told or, or a lot around uh, the field house in my last my, my last job uh, there in Kerrville, uh, and this is a, from a, from the junior high coaches, and, and this was a junior high game several years ago. For people who don't know, um, you know Kerrville uh, Tyvee, their their big rival is Bernie uh, Bernie High School, and now it's actually Bernie Champion. So the the Kerrville's middle school was playing Bernie's middle school. Okay. And so uh, one of our one of the kids on on Kerrville's middle school team was named Bernie. Like his last name was Bernie. Okay. <laughs> so the coach tells one of the, the offensive linemen on the side, this is the middle of the game. Kerrville's on defense. Bernie's on offense. The coach tells one of our kids, he says, hey, go go in for Bernie. Okay. He tells one of the kids, go in for Bernie. Instead of going get the kid named Bernie out, the kid for Kerrville goes in to the Bernie huddle, taps on the left guard. That kid was like, well, okay. He goes to the sideline. <laughs> the kid for Kerva gets in the huddle. Meanwhile, the coach is just sitting there, and the, the, the officials, of course, are choking on their whistles. They're laughing. They're not. And so they finally have to call a timeout and get it fixed. I mean, and so the kid, and he, they're like, what, what were you thinking? Like, why, why, would you, why would you think I meant going for the team Bernie? And so anyway, that, that pretty much to me when I hear that story, like that sums up 
sub-varsity football right there. That's probably the best thing I've ever heard. That's hilarious. (laughs) And I kind of butchered that story up, and I know those guys who, if if they are hearing this, I I probably got some details wrong, but uh, you get the idea. And and we didn't mention this, and I kind of alluded to it, but the officiating on those Thursday games, holy smokes. That can definitely be – They're doing their job. Yeah. I love them, but I've I've almost got kicked out of a couple JV games. And you got to keep your cool, but – Sometimes you just don't. Yeah, yeah, that's that, that's definitely a challenge. And we, again, uh, have several stories about the officiating on sub-varsity games. But uh, that w- w- we're going to move on from that. Now, one of, those, one of the things is we're talking about, um, you know, we're talking about, you know, coaching sub-varsity football games is something that goes along with that. And really, every, every game day, varsity, sub-varsity, is the ride on the old yellow dog. And I don't know what it's like for y'all. You know, it seems like every school I've been that there's always problems with the buses. Like, you always have a problem with the bus. Um, oh, either the air condition doesn't work or it breaks down. Something happens with the bus. They're never tip-top shape. Now, and now down there, do, are, are, is that, do y'all have a lot, some long bus rides? It seems like y'all would. Um, for the most part, everything's pretty centrally located in the okay. valley. But, like, okay. like, when I was in high school – our district was the Valley. We didn't live in the Valley. So every away game was a minimum of two hours. Yeah. The furthest one yeah. Being three hours. And those were all district games. Yeah. I mean, when I was in, when I was in Kerrville, we're kind of off out there by ourselves. And, and for, there were, there were a lot of, a lot of long bus trips. Um, you know, we, we took a more than once went to, to Del Rio, which is right there on the border, you know, oh, yeah, that's... you know, even going to like places like Lockhart and then, and sometimes having to go into Austin, but even now here, you know, being up in Texarkana, you know, we are as north, besides the Panhandle, as north Texas as you can be and as east as you can be. And so every bus ride is a long one. So let's talk about the the, the bus riding experience. Uh, what you got for that? Oh, dude, they're never comfortable. No matter what position you try to get into, no matter how many pillows or <laughs> body pillows or neck, you're never going to be comfortable, yeah. ever. Yeah. And then, like, you know, there's always – Dude, there's always people who find a way to fall asleep. You know, they're snoring as loud as they can. Yeah, yeah. But then, like, with personally, I just I can never get comfortable on a bus. And, like, and then on top of not being comfortable, it's like you got kids who won't shut up, and then you got coaches who just, like, decide that it's just, you know, a social hour. Yeah. And they're either yeah. on the phone talking as loud as they can to somebody or they're talking to a coach next to them. And that coach is probably trying to sleep. Yeah. But it's just a chaotic mess in a bus sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And then you get the coach with his headphones on, right? Oh, and they're blasting their music. I can tell you what they're listening to, but then, you know, it kind of defeats the purpose of having headphones on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, again, it's whenever I think of a bus ride, it seems like it's always hot in there. Like, I don't care where you are, where you coach in the country. It just seems like wherever – you are like wherever that the bus ride, and again, we're coaching in Texas, and uh, you know it generally is hot. But man, there's nothing hotter than those like fake, you know, leather those pleather seats. Uh, you know, and you're you're sticking to them, and you're trying to get some maybe get some sleep before you know before the game if you got a long bus ride and you can't get comfortable. But you know, you talked about the coach who's always asleep. I would always and in Kerrville, and if they're listening to this, they'll know who I'm talking about. But there's always the coach who just who completely takes over a whole row of bus seats and stretches out. And so I'm spending two hours, you know, trying not to look at the dude's crotch while he's you know got his feet propped up on the the seat next to me. And uh, you know, that's uh that's awesome. 
Oh yeah, that's definitely that's that's that happens. And then like in the coastal bend in the valley we don't do that here. But in the coastal bend, you know, we had to drive the buses. Yeah. You yeah. know, I kinda was lucky enough to dodge the whole CDL thing. I did drive the minibus, you know. Fun yeah. story is driving the minibus with three kids from Mathis, Texas to Abilene for the state powerlifting. Oh wow. Uh, yeah. Could have took a suburban, but you know, they stuck <laughs> me in a minibus. Yeah. But yeah, definitely like I don't know. That's just blows my mind because growing up, our high school coaches never drove buses. But then, you know, when I forgot my first job, they're like, all right, get ready. You got to go get your CDL. And yeah. I thought they were joking with me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I yeah, I, I got my CDL pretty early on. And, and I got to tell you, I don't really mind driving. To me, the worst time to drive is, you know, if you do have like, again, if it's a Thursday and you're going to a game and it's a, it's a long trip and it's in the afternoon and the sun's right in your eyes because like that's it's it's hard for me to stay awake then than it is driving back from a game and it's midnight and you know Friday night because I'm you know pretty wired then and that's easy to drive for me but it's those it's those like five o'clock trips man uh, that's always tough and I think you know going back to that you get those coaches uh, you know we, we could talk about co- you know different coaches who. Um, who drive the bus? You got the guys who drive those things, like man, like it's like they are NASCAR drivers, man. And you know, no, no, no turn signals when they're changing lanes. You know, they breeze on through the the railroad crossings. You know that that that'll definitely make you, um, you know, make you nervous for sure. A couple of, here's a couple other observations that I have about you know riding the yellow dog. You know, like one time again, it was on a trip to Del Rio actually that, that I was telling you about. Uh, we hit a deer. Just absolutely, just, just, I mean, broadside smashed it, just smashed it. And so that was, a, that was an ordeal. I had to get that worked out. Um, they're always too hot. They're always too cold. They always break down. I mean, I've been on uh, several uh, bus trips where the bus breaks down, but it's just never, uh, it just seems like they never work like they're supposed to. And that's definitely, if you have, if you're a coach who's only been in a school where you, you take charter buses to every year games, then you haven't really coached and you need to go somewhere where you're riding <laughs> a yellow dog. So you know what we're talking about. Oh, yeah. You definitely got to, like, I always tell people, your first coaching job, you got to go land a 2A, 3A job where you're lining fields, yeah. driving buses, yeah. coaching 7th grade, 8th grade, JV, and varsity, you know, just like, those are the ones, those, that's when you really learn how to coach. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because, again, another thing, too, and not to belabor this point, but, you know, every bus is different, uh, You know, at least for in the places that I've been. Like, they're like you might get in a bus that's that's newer and it's a little more like driving your truck or whatever. But then you might get in one of these old buses, man. And there's there's only you know there's just you just don't know like where everything is and and uh, you know all the kids are kind of looking at you to like hey let's go and and uh, so that can definitely be nerve wracking. But yeah, driving a bus, driving the yellow dog, that's definitely a quintessential coaching experience. That if you haven't experienced coaches, you definitely. Definitely need to make that happen. Okay, so speaking of that, because Yellow Dogs, they are kind of old school. And, and so I want, to, I want to talk about old coaches versus young coaches. And just kind of how, you know, like things that old coaches do versus things that young coaches do. So what are some things you've observed there, old coaches versus young coaches? Well, I mean, not to just say, like, I get, ah, whatever. I mean, I've already... <laughs> probably annoyed you know old coaches complain it's just we, we got you got coaches on staff they're like man never in my 25 years of coaching have i had to deal with this yeah I had to deal yeah so it's like it's always something brand new like it's just been like i can't believe this is happening to me i've been coaching my whole life and this yeah. is happening right yeah. now yeah 
Yeah, they're the guys who, yeah, they always complain. And again, okay, we're, we're, we're painting with a broad brush here, guys. We're talking about stereotypes. I know that we're, you know, if you're a coach who's been coaching a while, you just, you're laughing at me and Coach Regalado and saying, yeah, wait till you're my age. And, you, and, and guess what? Coach, we probably will complain oh, a lot when we've been coaching yeah, we'll, for. We'll yeah. be there. Yeah, I mean, those guys have earned that right. Okay, they've been coaching for a long time. We get it, but we can still talk about you and, and laugh at you. And we're going to get on the young coaches too. Uh, and and so obviously, I'm not an old coach yet. I'm making fun of my future self because I know that's how I'm going to act. And I'm going to make fun of my young my 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 past self here in a second when we talk about young coaches. But yeah, they always you know they struggle with let's let's be honest here they struggle with the technology. Right, oh, yeah. like I'm sure this like this time is get really difficult for them trying to figure out the zoom, and probably when they do pull the zoom up, you see like from nose up, you know, and they can't <laughs> figure out the audio, and all of a sudden before you know it, they have a digital background of them like, you know, with their family vacation pictures at the beach, and they don't know how to turn it off, and you know everybody's someone's got to come help them out or or something. Oh, I, I've definitely worked for the defensive coordinator, you know who doesn't believe in huddle and is making us draw every formation on paper. Ouch. And then Ouch. we end up putting it in huddle anyways to file a report. But yeah. he's like, no, this is the way we did it. Yeah. So we're going to draw every formation and every play on a piece of paper just so you guys can put it on the computer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I, you, sometimes like older coaches and this is maybe just people of a certain generation in general, like, like, you know, you hear older people complain about how young people don't know how to balance a checkbook anymore. And it's like, well, they, we, we don't need to, right? Like, you hear, you hear old, old coaches, like, you don't know how to draw, you know, X's and O's. You, don't, you know, you don't know how to, well, I, you know, we don't have to do some of that stuff anymore. Like, I don't I need to splice together film. Like, we have, it's all digital. I don't, that's not a skill I have to know how to do nowadays, right? Like, you know, every they, they always got the, you know, the old, like, if you've seen the plastic, like, stencils for X's and O's, you know, that they have somewhere in their binder that they can pull out and, and draw perfect circles and perfect squares for offensive players and stuff like that. You know, and so I think, um, again, definitely I'm, I'm headed there, and, I, and I'll be there, I know. And, and older coaches that I've worked with, they always say, you know, I am hope I'm around long enough to come back and see you guys when you're my age coaching because you're going to be just like me. And they're right. They're right. Oh, and then it's like, speaking of film, we just had like our DEC meeting the other day, and it's like a lot of older coaches in that group, and they're talking like about how film used to be, you know, before huddle. Yeah. How they'd have to set up meeting arrangements yeah. and yeah. midway and exchange. Like there's some sort of like mafia deal. Like here's the tape. Oh, you got yeah. the stuff. I got yeah. the stuff. You got the stuff. Yep. Yep. And it's just. Crazy, crazy, crazy. I just thought it was it's, – it's funny the way they describe it. Yeah, well, so my first year of coaching was right before – like, Huddle was just just starting to come around. And, and again, I haven't been – this just finished up my 11th year of coaching, so I haven't been, been coaching that long. But uh, my first year, I did. I was the guy – I was the young guy on the staff, so I was the guy who would, who would um, occasionally – not all the time, um, but I, I occasionally went and, and made film exchanges. And you're right, it is. It's, it's kind of weird. Like, hey, they're gonna meet the, you're going to meet this coach in the parking lot of this gas station. You know, he's driving a blue car. Like, okay. 
You know, so like you see this dude in a blue car, and you kind of like make eye contact, like, are you, you, do you film? Yep, yep, nope, nope, me, oh, you know, and then you kind of, you get, and then you, you sort of make this exchange and you feel weird. You kind of feel dirty, like you did something you weren't supposed to. So, yeah, that was definitely <laughs> an experience. But thankfully, we don't have to do that anymore, you know, and that's a good thing, right? Like that we're not meeting up halfway between our two towns to, to exchange film. Yeah, most definitely. We're not pilgrims anymore. You know? <laughs> yeah. we, just, we got technology. Yeah, exactly. So on the opposite end of that, and, and you and I are both still would qualify, you know, by most people's standards as young coaches for sure. So let's make fun of ourselves here a little bit uh, and talk about stuff and things that young coaches do. Oh, man, you got to – it's just there's different types of young coaches. There's the young coaches that understand, like – don't like the, the less you speak, the better, the more you listen, the better. But then yeah. there's some young coaches who just play too much Madden. I <laughs> think yeah. they know everything and have an answer to everything. And it's just like sometimes like it's a rhetorical question and the head coach is not looking for an answer. And yeah. then he gives an answer and everybody looks at him like, just stop. Yeah, exactly. And then, and then you got like the young coaches who feel like they've coached one year of junior high football and they're like, I'm ready for my coordinator job. Yes. I'm ready. Yes. Yeah, because we like we talked about there. You know, you do the stuff you do in middle school, it ain't gonna work on Friday nights. You know, a lot of the times, if you you know, because just just to, because there's no one in the box, right? The kids have absolutely no idea what's going on. But yeah, that's that's you're right about that. And again, going back and talking about myself, yeah, I think you know, young coaches. One thing that they they do way too much is yell. I know I yelled oh, yeah. all the time, and and. You know, you think that's what you're supposed to do. Just just yell, you know, yell at them, get on them. And, you know, a kid doesn't do one little thing, just right, yell at them. And, and, and thankfully, I worked with some guys who cared enough about me to kind of pull me aside and say, hey, you need to kind of, you kind of chill a little bit, you know, because they're tuning you out. They're not listening to you. So definitely yelling is something young coaches do a lot of. And definitely, like you talked about, kind of get out over their skis a little bit and, you know, it ends up ends up kind of, you know, biting them in the butt a little bit. You know, as a as a young coach, I, I kind of got the brunt of the office pranks, you know, uh, because it's easy, right? Like you're a young coach. You think you, you think you're hot stuff. You think you know what's going on. And man, I I mean, I'll, I'll talk more about this here in a second. But I, I got I definitely got broken right. And 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 was was really left myself open to a lot of ridicule because of the way I handled uh, handle those things, but definitely caught the brunt of a lot of pranks. And I, and I would always get mad, right? Like always, and not like, you know, like I'm ready to fight somebody, but definitely showed them that it, that it bothered me. And so then what do you think that, that made them, those guys want to do? Just keep doing oh, it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, keep so, at it. yeah like exactly. You, you exactly. Pick on somebody cause they get mad, but no, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I was the youngest coach on, on the staff for the, my first three years. Like everywhere I went, I'm like, go to a new school, and then it's like, oh, you're the youngest guy. So it's like, yeah, you're going to be the butt of the jokes. And it's like, finally, like now, like I'm at a place where I think there's like one or two coaches younger than me on staff. So it's like, haha. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the torch. Take it. And so that would be my, and I, I would, that would be my advice to young coaches is, you know, hey, if guys are picking on you, they either, they're doing it because they like you. They're, they're kind of testing you, feeling you out, seeing what kind of person you are. Man, just roll with it. Like, don't take yourself too seriously because I know I did. And, you know, I would get worked up a lot. And now uh, I just look back and laugh. And, and so um, that's, that's one of the things about young coaches is, man, uh, just, just roll with that and, and embrace it. 
and 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 you'll be better because of it. You know. Um, all right, now let's let's talk about this, and this is sort of the last last subject we're going to cover before we move into some some wrapping up uh, stuff. Coaches in the classroom. Now we're History. gonna yeah we're gonna definitely <laughs> we're gonna definitely step on some toes here, and that's okay. Again, we're painting with a broad brush here. Okay, we're not saying that this is everybody, but these are just things we've observed. Uh, you and I have both. Been, have you been in the classroom, Coach? I'm gonna have to say I've been blessed. I've, I've been PE. All wow, wow! You're kind of a unicorn because that that at least down here in Texas that doesn't happen uh, very often. So you said history teachers, coaches uh, in the classroom being history teachers, and I think that's that's pretty accurate. So talk about what you've noticed with coaches in the classroom. It's just the the one thing that pops to mind when you're the when they say coaches teaching classes, and I know they teach different classes, but it's just usually they teach history yeah or they teach spanish yeah it's just those are the, those are the two main ones that that you see and you know people make some memes and jokes and stuff like that on twitter there was a whole rant i think when uh something happened recently with like government and it's it was like a low blow but it's like some of y'all had football coaches teaching you government and it really shows <laughs> yeah 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 wait one thing okay again so see i wasn't and I, I kind of asked for this. I was an English major in college, so I taught English for ten years. Um, and now, now where I'm at now, I, I don't. I'm, I'm actually a PE uh, PE teacher, which is awesome. Uh, and I did catch my, you know, my share of of jokes, you know, being an English teacher and getting made fun of for that, and you know, in more than one uh, coach's office. But you know, here's kind of when I think of like a coaches coaches in the classroom. Here's sort of some things I think of. First of all, you walk in their classroom. There is nothing on their walls except, like, maybe, again, if they're a history teacher, like some old map of the world <laughs> from, like, 1970 that's, like, been there forever. They didn't put it up. And then they might have a few newspaper cutouts from, like, football games and stuff. But other than that, there is nothing on the walls. Like, it, it looks like a prison cell. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> you know? And, uh, and, and then... Now here's another thing, that's that's kind of typical for coaches, a lot of worksheets, right? I mean, did you have coaches? Oh, yeah. Did you have coaches as teachers coming through school? I did. Yeah, yeah, a lot of worksheets. They were my, they were my history teachers. Yeah, yeah. I, I had history. Uh, oh my goodness, my uh, world geography teacher was a coach, and holy smokes! I mean, everything we're talking about right now is could be said about him. You know, another thing too was like. Here's another thing kind of kind of you know typical with coaches is you have your textbook all right open up to page so and so answer the questions on that page all right and mm-hmm. and y'all don't bother me because I'm um, I'm inputting on huddle which I'm not hating on I'm not hating on I'm just saying that's how it is right I mean that's I'm not I'm not hating on it I'm just saying that's that's typically how it goes Oh well, yeah I mean you you got a whole bunch of stuff on your plate especially during football season so. Yeah 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 and another thing too, and I, I will say this about coaches in the classroom is they're usually pretty good disciplinarians, and usually they're the ones that like they just handle kids differently than normal teachers. You know, like I always knew when I went to a coach's class, like I wasn't going to be able to get away with stuff that I could in another teacher's classroom. Is that something? Oh, yeah. I mean, can you relate to that? Oh yeah, yeah. You don't want to because either they're really good disciplinarians. Or they're not, and they're going to tell your head coach, who is a really good disciplinarian. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. 
Another thing about coaching in the classroom, windsuit pants, coaching polo, maybe some golf slacks. If you're in here in Texas, cowboy boots. Those are all pretty standard wear for coaches in the classroom. All right. Uh, I've seen coaches uh, forget their belts, and so they wear football belts in their khakis up to school because they forgot their belt that day. I've seen that happen. Seen coaches wear their coaching shorts because they forgot their slacks at home. I've seen coaches wear, you know, wear again, like I said, wear their windsuit pants with a button-down dress shirt, forgot their pants at home. And so all of those things are, are things that happen to a coach in the classroom. They don't seem to happen to other just regular teachers, right? I mean, that, you don't generally see that happen. All right, well, let's, let's do this here. As we get ready to kind of, to kind of wrap this up a little bit, let, let's, let's tell some stories, and, and I want to hear from you, just maybe if you have one, a, a funny story that has happened to you uh, as a coach. Here's the funniest thing. It's like it wasn't funny then, but to me it's funny now. So my first year coaching, we have a referee on a schedule. And they're like the number one team in the state, you know. Yeah. They're, oh, yeah. They're yeah. deadly. Yeah. So everybody's head is like all over the place. We're trying to get organized for the game. I'm trying to get my position group, my notes, everything like that. Trying like before we even take off. So we take off. We get to the, you know, we get to the stadium there. Refrio, we're playing there, and uh, we start unloading everything, trying to get everything ready for pregame. And I forgot my one pregame duty. Well, one of them. I didn't bring the tunnel. <laughs> so we played the number one team in the state and we didn't run out of anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. So that was embarrassing. And it's like, yeah. it's funny now, but it's like at the time I was just like, Oh my God, I'm going to yeah. get fired. Yeah. Yeah. No, I could definitely relate to that for when I was in Kerrville, my job, me and our other D line coach job, like we were in charge of, we always made a, uh, a pregame like highlight video from the, the week the, the week previous. It was like a three minute video that we showed the team. We watched it and then we we went out on the field, right? And it was meant to kind of get them hyped up. And I knew, and that's another thing, young coaches, by the way, uh, you you need to be good at technology, okay? Because even if you're not, the coaches are going to expect you to be good at it because you're young. And I was not good at technology uh, as a young coach. I'm a little bit better now, but. Uh, so I was put in charge of this video, and I had really no clue what I was doing. But, man, there, there were uh, more times than I care to admit that we forgot the projector or the video wasn't working right, or we get up there and the whole team's watching. You're about to go out on the field, and you push play, and it doesn't work. Like, you want to talk about just you want to crawl in a hole and die. Uh, yeah. That, yeah, for sure. I can definitely relate with that one. Uh, so when I, first, when I first started coaching, okay, this is really difficult – for me to talk about, all right? Uh, when I first started coaching, my wife and I were just married, like no money, okay? And I would sold my truck, all right? And we were just going to be a one car because we were going. We were actually coaching. I was coaching in Oxford, Mississippi. My wife was going to grad school at Ole Miss, okay? Mm-hmm. So we were living right close to campus. So we were like, all right, we can get by with one car. But we had kind of a car and a half because when I was in college, I bought this like fire engine red scooter and it wasn't even like oh it's a moped it's a crotch rocket like no dude it was like i mean it was a scooter 
Okay. And it was funny when I was in college, like another one of my buddies had bought one and we would ride them to class, you know, and it was cool, whatever, you know, we'd ride around campus. We hot lapped it around the track and at the football stadium once or twice. Um, but, but when you get to, when you like move on, it's not, it's not cool anymore. Right. And so we had it and, um, I get this job coaching at this high school. Well, I had to go to practice at the same time my wife was in class and she had to have the car. And so I drive to my first coaching job ever on a red scooter. And I was so <laughs> embarrassed. I mean, this thing has a, has a, a, a weedier mower on it, you know? And I, would, I was so embarrassed. I would pull up to the school, but I would park. Like the elementary campus was kind of close by. I'd park at the elementary school so the guys wouldn't see me. You know, because who's going to listen to a coach who pulls up on a little red scooter, right? <laughs> and so that worked for a couple of weeks, but then they kind of started figuring it out. And they, you know, and inevitably people are going to see you, right? And so they saw me. So finally, I just like started parking at the high school. Everybody would, you know, kind of laugh at me and stuff. And one day, you know, the, the kids, the players would give me a hard time. And, you know, I'm like 23 at this point, you know, not that much older than them. One day I walk out of practice and I'm getting ready to get on my scooter and drive home to my apartment and my scooter's gone. Not there. Oh, no. And uh, I'm like, someone, someone ganked my scooter. And uh, so I go back in. I'm like, I don't know, I was gonna, I don't know what I was going to do, but I was getting ready to go back in and I saw a truck of players about, you know, a couple hundred yards away sitting there. And I was like, what are they doing? And I looked, and they were all kind of, there was like five or six faces looking out the window laughing. And so I knew something was up, and they sped off. Um, and so then I start walking around, and I find my scooter. They had, they had moved it. They had, I mean, it was pretty easy to move. They had moved it a few hundred yards away behind this dumpster and left it there. So I ended up finding it, but uh, it was pretty, you know, they got me. And that was definitely hum- a humbling way to begin my coaching career it was on my little red scooter. So that's kind of my story uh, of, of, you know, something funny that happened to me. And so, again, from very humble beginnings, Coach, I mean, I, uh, I really had to overcome a lot there uh, driving the red scooter. And those guys still that, that I coached with at the time still don't let me live that down. Okay, well, let, let's talk about this. Uh, and this is how I've been closing out all our episodes you know, just giving shout outs to coaches. And usually it's, it's coaches who, you know, who are doing a great job coaching and that, this, this can be that, but also, you know, every coaching staff has that really, that, that funny guy who lightens up the, the coach's office and, and makes things, you know, keeps things light. So shout out some of the, those guys, some of the, some of the funniest coaches that you've been around. And if you have a story about them that you could share that, 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 that's fine too. But just talk, shout those guys out uh, here as we get ready to close. Oh, definitely want to give a shout out to the two guys on my current staff, uh, Mark Lopez and Kerry Weefall. They just, they're able to keep the mood light. You know, they're always, you know, bickering, but it's just all, it's playful and it's, they're fun people to be around. I want to give a shout out to Mike Donovan. Uh, I worked with him for two years in my first job and that guy's just coached for so long, coached with so many people, coached in so many places, been everywhere. But he's got a story for everything. You'd be in yeah. random <laughs> moments and he'd be like, oh, I remember this one time and the joke we always had, he spent most of his career at Poteet, so every, Poteet, Texas. So everything was like, oh, well, I remember this one time at Poteet. So <laughs> that was like one thing, like there was like a reoccurring joke with him, and he's yeah. such a good guy. Yeah. And I guess the last thing, I, last people I want to shout out, I definitely want to shout out uh, my school district, PSJ, ISD, and my high school, PSJ Memorial, and our administrators, uh, Principal Dr. Rowdy Vela, and all our assistant principals, just because 
you know, what we're going through right now is not easy. And they've been able to handle it, you know, with uh, like champs, you know, everything we need and for these kids. And they're making sure the kids have every resource they can have. And I think our school district was, you know, prepared. And I just want to give them a shout out because I think they're doing a great job. Yeah, that's awesome, Coach. And you're right. I mean, there is no manual for something like what we're going through, right? And and everyone's kind of, uh, you know, I don't want to say making it up as they go because that sounds like they don't have a plan, but everybody's just sort of having to kind of do what they feel like is best for their school district, their program, their kids. And, and so, yeah, that, that's that's awesome that, that uh, you know, you, you, you're in a place where they're handling it so well. And, and I would say the same thing about our administration here. And so it uh, sounds like you're in a great place around a great group of guys. So, so that's awesome. I'll shout out a couple guys. Um, and you, it's funny you mentioned the coach who said when I, when I was at Poteet because – uh, again, my first coaching stop, we had that coach who it was kind of a game for all the rest of us because he had like four or five places that he had coached. And all of us would kind of like take a different school, you know, <laughs> and we would try to get him to say the name of that school uh, as much as we could. And we'd keep tallies of it, like especially if we were going like on road trips to clinics or something, because every sentence sounded like, well, when I was at fill in the blank. And so that's another thing about old coaches is, is they like to do that. When I was at so-and-so, and that's kind of like what you mentioned in your, your video, your stat, you know, at my previous school coach, that guy. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so I'll, I'll, I'll shout out a few guys. So uh, when I was in Kerrville, had a few, uh, I had a few guys there that were, that were really, really funny and, and made things a lot of fun. And one of them was uh, the, the receivers coach. He's still there, and that's Jason Crawford. And, you know, he is hilarious, one of the funniest guys I've ever been around and definitely uh, did a lot to keep us laughing there. And I could tell some stories about him, but, uh, you know, I'm going to I'm going to I'm not going to I want to keep this thing. uh, I don't want to I don't want to drag his name through the mud more than it's already been already been through the (laughs) mud. So and then our, our defense coordinator there, Jeremy Hickman, he and I are really, really close. He's been a guest on this podcast. Uh, he was was just always did a great job of of being you know just keeping things light and man you know when you're when you're breaking down film and it's it's like you know Saturday afternoon and and you're you're up late the night before from a game and you know everybody's eyes are falling out of the out of their skulls from watching so much film and they're so tired he had a, a great way of keeping us keeping us going and keeping us laughing so those are two guys for sure that that always. Um, uh, had me cracked up, and and there's some guys here that that I have here at, at PG that we work with that are really really funny. Our offensive coordinator coach Justin Gibson, and our quarterbacks coach and head baseball coach Riley Fincher. Those guys are both hilarious and a lot of fun to work with. And those are two guys who you definitely want on your staff who work hard but also do a great job of keeping everybody laughing. Those are some guys that that for sure stick out to me that have been guys that have really made uh, going to work a lot of fun. Well, definitely. Well, Coach, it has been a lot of fun, and, and I'm so glad that we got to sit down and do this and just have a little fun tonight and, and talk about a few things and, and hopefully make some people laugh along the way. Uh, but just want to tell you, uh, thank you for what you're doing. Keep up the great work. I think I speak for all of us coaches when, when I say that. Good luck to you this next year, and, and just thank you so much uh, for coming on today. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Man, I had a lot of fun recording that episode with Coach Regalado and appreciate him joining me for this episode. And if you're not already doing so, follow Coach Regalado on Twitter at Coach Regalado. That's at Coach R-E-G-A-L-A-D-O. And be on the lookout for his latest videos that he drops daily, including 
the defensive line coach video that he sort of teased there in our conversation. I know he's been working on. I don't know when he's planning on releasing that one, but I think I speak for all of us defensive line coaches when I say I can't wait. Now, before we close out today's episode, I wanted to include some, I guess I'm calling them cuts from our conversation today. Uh, what follows are stories or comments that I didn't include in the conversation with Coach Regalado because either uh, of time or just not wanting our conversation to be too one-sided. So I saved a few stories for here at the end, and I'll share those with you now. Now, each story falls under the category of things we covered earlier in our conversation, and, and I'm going to start with a couple of stories from coaching sub-varsity football. Now, this first one, I was not actually uh, a part of this game. I was at another game, uh, so but this was relayed to me by the coaches who were there. So this is from a previous, previous uh, job where I worked. But anyway, this was a freshman B-team game, okay, and it was homecoming week. And at our school or at, at the school where I was, probably like most schools in the country, you know, there's a homecoming court where kids get elected by the student body to be on the homecoming court. Okay. Well, this kid, this football player that we had who was on the, on the B team was, uh, was elected as the boy representative for the freshman class. Okay. You know, that's a, that's a cool deal, right? Well, the parade, the homecoming parade was on Thursday night and it was downtown. It's, it's a big deal, uh, in that town, you know, to have the homecoming parade. Well, I never went to one, uh, because I'm, I'm always coaching either a JV or freshman game. And, and so a lot of the, the, the sub varsity kids didn't get to go because they were playing in those games. Well, so this kid had kind of a, a conundrum because he was supposed to be in the parade with the other representatives, but he had a football game. Now, he was the kind of the type of kid who wasn't going to play just a whole, whole lot. But, you know, still, uh, I, we all, I mean, wouldn't even, most of us wouldn't even think of trying to be in a parade over playing in a football game, right? Well, that wasn't the case with this kid. So no one knew. Uh, what he was thinking, but at some point in the game, uh, he comes up to one of the coaches on the side. This is the middle of the game. Game's going on. He comes up to one of the coaches on the sideline and says, hey, coach, I have to leave early. And the coach says, okay, why? He says, well, um, I have a dentist appointment. Now, it's like 6.30, 7 o'clock at night at this point. And the coach is like, what? A dentist appointment? You know, and he doesn't really give him a great answer, I don't think, because, again, there's a game going on. He's trying to coach up the game. And so the kid just kind of leaves and leaves the, walks off the, off the sideline, goes and gets dressed, and makes it in time for the parade, goes through the parade, and then comes back to the game. At this point, the game is over. He's in the, he comes in the locker room, and he's you know kind of mingling with the players. And, and, and the coaches sort of figure out what, what happened here, and they kind of start to put two and two together that, all right, this kid didn't really go to a dentist appointment to get you know his teeth cleaned at 7 o'clock on a Thursday night. That he was actually had gone to the parade because, of course, people saw him in the parade. Uh, and so that conversation that, that, that happened that took place in that locker room when the coaches found out that this kid – dipped out on a football game to go jump into a parade and then try to sneak back like nothing happened. You know, that was not a, a good – the next day, Friday, was not fun for that kid. Uh, there was a lot, of, a lot of running involved going on in the period. So, uh, you know, that's one of those things. You're just like, man, what? you don't even think that you would ever have to deal with that as a football coach. But that's just one of those things that never comes up in a class that you take in college. Uh, it never comes up in your conversations with mentor coaches. Hey, if you have a kid do this, this is what you do. That's just one of those things, man, one of those unpredictable things that comes with coaching, especially sub-varsity football. Last story I have on that. So this was, again, a handful of years ago. I don't remember how long ago it was. 
but this was actually in the off season. Okay, we had just uh, we hadn't been in off season very long. It was probably February, maybe, uh, where uh, we get, we're starting to get our basketball kids coming back. So our sub This is again. This was freshman athletics. We're starting to get our kids who are playing freshman basketball. They're coming back into football athletics uh, during the athletics period. And so we're lifting weights and running. You know, typical stuff. And the day that these kids come back, we're doing we're doing squats. And it's sets of uh, 10 reps, like, like four sets of 10, okay? And if you haven't been squatting, you know, that's, that's, that's going to that's gonna tax you a little bit. And so we go through that, and all those basketball kids, you know, they're dead, whatever. So the next week, okay, we flip that around to the next, the next week. We're doing squats again. This kid who had been playing basketball is now back in football. He brings me a note. Now, we've all gotten bogus notes, right, from parents, you know, please excuse little Johnny from squatting today. He's got the sniffles, right? Or, you know, they have some mysterious injury from a doc, you know, and a doctor signs off, no activity for two weeks. And, you know, hey, look, I'm not, I'm not diminishing the fact that some kids have legit issues, okay? But this definitely wasn't one, all right? This kid brings me a note, not from his mom, not from the doctor, not from a nurse, anybody else but from his orchestra teacher. And here's what the note said. I'm paraphrasing here, but please excuse, say the kid's name was Johnny, please excuse Johnny from squatting today because he has an orchestra concert tonight and needs to be able to play his cello. Now, I am not lying. That was an actual note that I got. And I couldn't believe it. Like, and, and I don't know anything about, you know, orchestra, uh, music, but I was like, you know, Hey, d- don't you sit down when you play the cello? Like, it's like one of those big, like a b- big looking guitar thing. And then there's a, you know, a, a bow or whatever. And, and, and so anyway, this kid looks me in the eye and expects me to sign off on him, not squatting because he has a cello concert. And, you know, I called another coach who, who's been, had been coaching for a while. I said, Coach, in your, all your years of coaching, have you ever heard this as an excuse to get out of lifting weights? And, of course, he hadn't. And, you know, we, we, we lit the kid up pretty good. And he ended up squatting, and it wasn't that big of a deal for him. You know, he was able to, to muscle through and get to his, his, his orchestra concert. Don't worry if you're concerned about that. He was able to, able to play. There were other kids in that athletic period who also were in the same concert, and they were lifting. So, anyway, that was the uh, – there's definitely the craziest note that I've ever gotten from a kid. And so those are a couple stories that I didn't get to include about coaching sub-varsity football. Okay, now let's move on to driving the yellow dog. Now, I just have one story here, and these next few stories are going to be about me, and I'm kind of incriminating myself. I have stories about other coaches, but I don't want to put them on blast too much, more than we kind of already have in, in this in this uh, episode today. So I'm, I'm going to tell on myself here, okay? So uh, as I mentioned Previously in our conversation uh, with Coach Regalado, so I got my CDL early on in my in my coaching career. It was it was expected, and 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 I think that's you know that's that's pretty standard. Most most schools want you to have a CDL at least here in Texas, so that you're able to drive, uh, and they don't have to hire people to go and drive your team to your your you know your your sport or whatever. But this was actually in Mississippi where I was, and uh, so I just got I just got my license, and I was backing. I'd taken the bus out on a trip or something. And I was back in the bus, uh, back into its spot, because every bus had a designated spot. I was back in the bus, back into its spot at the bus barn, okay? And there was an older coach there uh, who was kind of helping me, 
right? He was kind of backing me in. And if you, you know, if you've never backed a bus, it's not really like backing a trailer. I mean, you know, you back a trailer, uh, you can turn, you kind of turn around and look out the back and, and that's anyway how I would do it. But with backing a bus, you really have to use your mirrors, okay? And I didn't do that. I wasn't doing that. I was just kind of just sort of backing it up like I'd back a trailer up. Anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm way overconfident and, and, and so I'm backing that thing in there and I get it way too close to another bus and I scrape, just, just scrape the side of the other bus with this, with this coach watching me and knock off the side view mirror of the other bus. And, you know, fortunately I was able to, to pull it back out and straighten it up and try again without any more damage being done. But you can imagine, you know, hopping out of that bus and walking over to him and facing that coach and then having to live that down uh, in the field house. You know, I never lived that down. I never lived that down. And, and if you're a young coach, that is your worst nightmare because that's, that is material that those guys can hold over your head for the rest of the time you're there. And if you don't like it, you, you just got to get out and go find another job because they're definitely going to make fun of you for that. And they did. And so that's my story about driving the yellow dog. Uh, but like I said in the in the uh, in our conversation, I don't mind driving. I really it, it's okay. Um, but it's driving. Those afternoons can be pretty rough. But anyway, yeah. If you uh, if you have driven a bus or you are the bus driver at your school, you know you definitely probably have a story like that, very similar to that. Anyway, let's talk about old coaches versus young coaches. I have I have one story here. I have a lot of stories that I could tell, but I, I'll just I'll just stick to this one. Uh, so again, I mentioned that uh, when I was when I first got into coaching, I was the youngest coach on staff, and and there were some other guys, and I wouldn't say they were necessarily old coaches, but you know they had been around for a while. And, and this coach, who this story is about, he was—I mean, he's old enough to be my dad. And in fact, some of the the other coaches would would playfully, you know, refer to us as father and son because we always were, you know, kind of together doing things. And you know, they—I guess. I guess because uh, we both coached powerlifting, I was, I was the assistant powerlifting coach, and and so uh, they called us, you know, referred to us as, you know, referred to that coach as my dad, and and I was his son, and, and they had a lot of fun talking about that. Well, one day, uh, the way it was set up here, and this again, this was in Mississippi, is when 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 I got out of school, I was teaching classes, and when I got out of school, when I got a class, I had to bust it down with the kids, and and change and get ready to go and go straight out to practice with them. So when the bell rang, I had to get my stuff and he- and head down to practice and get dressed really really fast. Didn't have any time to you know to uh, there was no you know uh, leisurely time to get ready. So anyway, I'm busting it down uh, to the field house and I have my bag, my 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 coaching bag with my coaching clothes in my locker. At least it's supposed to be. So I get down there and my bag's not in my locker. Can't find it. Clothes aren't there. I uh, can't find anything. And so, of course, I think that the coaches are playing a prank on me. And they hid my stuff, and they're already out on the practice field because most of them didn't have classes or they only had a few classes. And so, especially the coordinators and those guys, they're already out there getting the kids going and warming them up and stuff. And so I said, you know what, I- I'm, gonna, I- I'm just going to turn this back around on them, and I'm going to go out there and coach in my school clothes and, and just act like whatever. And so I took off my whatever like polo shirt I had on or whatever, and I go out there in my my khakis and my dress shoes and my undershirt, and I just start coaching, and I am sweating like a fool out there, and I'm pissed too because I think these guys are playing a joke on me, and they're all kind of laughing at me and pointing at me. Well, we get to a break in practice, you know, like the this was kind of like pre-practice, and we get to we're ready to actually start practice, and they're you know want to know what's going on, and I I think they're joking with me. Well, come to find out. The older coach on staff, the one that everybody referred to as my dad, had unknowingly, 
grabbed my bag and put it in his locker and was, I think was, if I remember correctly, was wearing at least my shirt. I don't know if he was wearing my shorts or whatever, but wearing all my stuff, but he had some of my stuff on because we all had these same bags, you know, with our school logo on it, but they had our name on it. He didn't see that it was, uh, it was mine. And so he's wearing my stuff out there coaching up and, and they all think I'm just trying to be funny and I'm pissed at them because I think they're playing a joke on me. So anyway, uh, it was not funny at the time. We ended up laughing about it uh, after practice, and I did get changed. We got I got I got some clothes, and and didn't have to coach, you know, in my in my khakis and dress shoes the rest of the day. All right, here's my last one, and and I'm just now realizing these are all coming from when I was a young coach. So I guess that's when you know coaches. That's when you're going to come up with a lot of your stories is when you're a young coach and you're stupid and you make a lot of mistakes. But here's my last one about coaches in the classroom. So same job, Mississippi. I started out as a volunteer coach, okay, which I don't even think is allowed here in Texas. You, know, you have to be an employee of the school district, but I was volunteering and I was substitute teaching for the school, but then volunteer volunteering as a coach, wasn't getting paid as a coach. Uh, and so I'm substitute teaching. Well, I always substitute taught at the high school, sometimes at the middle school. One day I got a call from the elementary school. Now, I have some experience with elementary school because my mom was an elementary school teacher, elementary school assistant principal, and principal. So, I mean, I'd you know, been around kids and, and knew what that age was like, sort of. But this was a whole new ballgame because they wanted me to come substitute teach for a kindergarten class. And, of course, I had no money, you know, and I wasn't in a position to be turning down jobs. So I said, okay, sure. So I get there, probably on my red scooter, as I mentioned earlier in this episode. Probably rode up there on my red scooter, looking really intimidating. I uh, get out, walk into this kindergarten class, and from the word go, it was a madhouse. I mean, just complete and utter chaos. You know, and I'm a football coach, and you think you can get your coach voice turned on and, and kind of scare those kids and, and, and get them doing right? No. Uh-uh. They, I mean, they didn't. They, I, I could have threatened them with anything and everything under the sun, and it, they weren't having it. And it was a complete zoo. And it wasn't, this didn't, wasn't because the teacher didn't know how to control the kids. This was just because they knew they had fresh meat and they could smell it and they could sense it and they were going in for the kill and they did. It was the longest day of my life. And I left that place with a new respect for kindergarten teachers because, you know, when you're coaching high school, middle school, some of those older grades, you know, you, you can you get little breaks throughout the day, right? Like lunch is a break. You know, you have a planning period, uh, and I think I did have a planning period that day. I don't really remember. I probably went outside and smoked a cigarette. Just kidding. <laughs> but anyway, we go to lunch, and lunch is not a break. Lunch is like it's it's ramped up even more because this kid can't get his lunchable open. This kid spilled his ketchup all over another kid. This kid spilled his drink. This kid doesn't like this stuff. This kid's flicking spaghetti with a spork across the cafeteria. So I mean, it is like uh, just a, just complete mayhem in that cafeteria. And then you get back and you try to get everybody settled down. And so that was the end of my elementary school substituting career after that day. So there you go. There's some, there's some bonus content for you that, that maybe you can relate to. And hey, we're going to keep this conversation rolling on our Twitter page all week long this week and be asking you for your stories or comments about the things we discussed today. So if you're not already following our show on Twitter, do it now at KYPD Podcast. Our quote of the day is fittingly from Wayne Gretzky, but via Michael Scott in the office. And it is, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. 
And that will do it for this episode of KYPD. Now, you will definitely want to check back in with us next Monday. We welcome on a defensive line coach from the Big 12 to talk pass rush. So subscribe now and join us back here next week for episode 57. Until then, coaches, stay positive, stay safe, and remember these words from the over-the-top defensive coordinator from Coach Regalado's video. All right, all right, all right.